You're listening to your student radio station. Station. Get, get involved at phantom-media.co.uk. Good evening, everybody. My name is Owen. And my name is Ethan. And you are listening to Phantom's newest show. Uh, this is Film Talk on Phantom. Uh, yeah, um, I'm currently co- like getting out of a really bad cold, <laughs> uh, so my voice is really not doing its best. I think I'm getting a cold. Oh, good. We're both doomed. Brilliant. Um, so, for those of you wanting my luscious tones that I had last year... Uh, you're not getting that in this episode. But anyway, this is Phantom's newest show. Uh, the, Ethan, this is your first time on a radio show here yeah, at Phantom, it is. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, how are you feeling? Terrified. Good. It's, it's the way you should be. Honestly, I don't think at any point last year did I ever go into a show and actually not be terrified of what was about to happen. Um, much of that was, of course, thanks to my co-hosts, uh, who... <laughs> One of which would come out with the most outlandish statements mid-show. Um, but yes, film talk on Phantom. Uh, unless you'd sort of missed it in the title, you could probably guess that this is a f- show about films, about TV, about media, anything that's basically interesting to me and Ethan. <laughs> Pretty um, much. Like, so yeah... Um, it's all the rants we usually have, but this time it's on air. Yeah, exactly. We're going to stop talking to each other outside of this studio <laughs> to build up the amount of conversation we can have in this studio. We are here from 6pm to 8pm every Monday uh, from now on. Um, this is a prison now, Ethan. <laughs> this is it. This is the rest of my uni life. Yeah. Good to know. So, Ethan, what have you been doing with your week so far? Oh my gosh. Um, Mostly, I have been doing uni work because the uni have decided to just be like, it's all due in before Easter. Good luck. Have fun with that. So, mostly getting assignments done because I'm boring like that. Good. Yeah. I hate that for you. Yes, I do. (laughs) (coughs) That is the first cough of the evening. Great. Uh, Be prepared for many, many more of those. Yeah, plenty more. Um, So, we're going to start off with a song here. Um... This is a cheeky bit of Wicked, because in case you'd missed it, there's been a trailer released for the new Wicked film adaptation. Um, I'm going to I'm going to ask you your thoughts after we listen to the song. Um, So here is Defying Gravity from Wicked. Elphaba, why couldn't you have stayed calm for once instead of flying off the handle? I hope you're happy. That was Good Good Things by Drain. Um, <clears throat> for those of you listening to this as purely a podcast, uh, you may realise that we are introducing these songs and outroing these songs. There's just no song there. Um, if you want to pause this like podcast and then go and listen to it separately, you can. Um, but we're not uploading that for you. Um, we love copyright infringement. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was Good Good Things by Drain um, after Wicked, um, because I forgot to press stop. Um, <coughs> there's the coughing. Um, but yes, so Wicked has had its first look trailer come out this week. Um, 
and I basically want to know your thoughts about it. I mean, interested and conflicted. Um, I'm really worried that it's going to end up being one of those really big, slightly botched CG jobs, which would be like really, really depressing if they just kind of rely on green screen really heavily instead of like doing what the originals did and like really looking at you know physical sets and stuff. Because while what we've got is very, very powerful, it would be quite a letdown in the same way. Yeah, I, get I think you. the casting choice is rather interesting. I, I have my thoughts on the casting. Um, I really am not a fan of star casting don't get me wrong i know that ariana grande has played that character on the west end like it's not like she's fresh to the role and they've just cast her because she's ariana grande but at the same time it feels like they've cast it feels like they've definitely cast her because she's ariana grande and not because necessarily she was the best fit for the role um and i think that's going to kind of hinder the whole production because you've got to think how much does it cost to get ariana grande in your film as a main character um, and she'll be singing as well yeah that's the thing like it's not like if she was just a bit character then maybe it wouldn't be so much and it wouldn't be as bad like having jeff goldblum as the wizard why am i not shocked though he just no he, keeps he, playing strange he, roles he does just... just keep playing that role um but like that makes sense to me because i think the fact that he always plays those strange roles kind of says to me that he's quite cheap to get for those strange roles <laughs> so it kind of makes a bit more sense Either that he's bored and it's like you know what you why know what not? yeah why not <laughs> why not like they're not making another jurassic park film for a while <laughs> for a bit like let's let's go do that weird film um but it's got to be said my most the thing I'm worried about most is the person playing Elphaba because and only because I don't think the end so the end of the trailer finishes with a bit from Defying Gravity uh, where she does this big giant note before the chorus comes in and it's the big giant note that is the end of the first look trailer I don't think she hits it that well or at least I think the riff that she does on it isn't that's spectacular. I guess it will depend. Um, it is a first look. You don't know when she sang that. Yeah. You know, like, it's not finished. There's a high chance, because they'll often go away and record all the songs and then use them within the films. It's generally not live, so she may do a lot better at another point. Yeah, it's what it that's true. so difficult in film, just because of... You could have a wonky day with your voice and be like, nope, absolutely not, and then a week later, be fine. Yeah. Um, But other than that, other than the casting choices, I am quite looking forward to the film because I'm tired of musical movies coming out with trailers that don't say that they're musicals. Like, it's been awful. You've had The Colour Purple, which yeah. has been nominated for a load of awards, which is a musical, but in no point in the trailer does it say it's a musical. And the worst bit, in none of the, like, awards nights does it sort of like this is where The Colour Purple isn't actually a musical it's just a flat film based on the musical which is in itself based off something else so I like I could be chatting absolutely nothings here um but like none of the awards like clips that they're showing are musical either so there's no way of going oh yeah The Colour Purple's a musical 
unless you know that The Color Purple is a musical. And it was the same with Mean Girls as well, where they didn't show any any hint of it being a musical, really, except for the logo, where it's literally just the tiniest detail, and then the final trailer, bef- like, a week before its release. I've still not seen it. Oh, go see it. As much as the internet wants to tell you that it's the worst film that's ever been put to screen... No, I've seen worse films. Um, genuinely, it's not that bad. Like, it is... I have, like, a couple issues with it, as I do with every film, really. You find issues with all films. I, I Even do. your favourite films you find issues with. No, ab- absolutely not. About Time is a flawless film, and you will never catch me saying otherwise. <laughs> um, I really want to drink... Uh, so I'm gonna do that. Just on, just on air. Yeah, it's fine. On air, it's fine. Until you choke on it. <laughs> Look, as long as I lean away from the desk, it's fine. Um, but yeah, other things that have happened have happened. Well done. We are great at our jobs. It's not my job. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's your job. Anyway, no. Um, so other things that have happened this week is Marvel have come out with a massive announcement. Don't uh, they only do massive announcements? They do, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, but this is one that people have been waiting for for quite a while. Um, I want to say it's been five years waiting for this one announcement. Um, and they released it on Valentine's Day, um, because of course they did. But it was surprisingly not like the standard Marvel reveal of information. So they've announced who is going to be playing their Fantastic Four. Oh, I did see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was um, interesting. So they have announced that... I've got, I've got the list here. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, so we have Pedro Pascal, who has been in Game of Thrones, Mandalorian, The Last of Us. I'm so excited. Um, I love him. He's that one sexy cowboy in Kingsman. <laughs> um, that one they make the thirst traps off on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're hip and cool. We watch TikToks. Um, so he will be playing Mr. Fantastic. Um, I'll get to my... We'll get to our opinions <laughs> afterwards. Um like once we've announced the, not announced them all everyone knows or everyone could know who they are we're just going to retell you then you've got uh, Eben Moss uh, uh, Eben Moss Backrack huge name um, I'd say probably most famous from The Bear yeah um, he plays one of the chefs in The Bear um, he is he has been cast as The Thing who, of course, will be made out of rock the entire, almost the entire movie, but I think is a very good piece of casting right there. Then you have Stranger Things, uh, Joseph Quinn. Yeah. Um, obviously, he has been in other things, but mostly people know him from being in Stranger Things, where he plays Eddie Munson, is it? I don't haven't seen Stranger Things. Ironically, as much as my brother keeps harassing me to go watch it, good. Just not, I've just not done it. Um, so he is our human torch, and then oh, the screens all disappeared. You broke it. I broke it. Okay. <laughs> um, and then as the Invisible Woman, we have Vanessa Kirby. Um, so. I want to know your opinions on these castings. Okay. I don't know which of them you know, which of them you don't know. 
but like i want to hear, hear you out on this i am i don't have much of an opinion on casting purely because i what was the last one came out ye- so yeah. so many years ago 2015 i want to say maybe maybe before i d- I wouldn't have been that old when it came out. That's mm. really sad to say. But, like, it came out so long ago, I think it's been enough time that I don't think it matters so much. Yeah. Because they can get away with being like, oh, no one knows. So it's fine. We can... Yeah. We can do what we want. Although it does... It does interest me in terms of um, whether they'll do a full catalogue of films or whether they'll just do the one and see how it goes. But it's realistically about time that they dealt yeah. with them, really. Um, I'm really interested to see... So, given you're talking about like it being a one-off, potentially, the photo that they released was this all, was this like hand-drawn kind of look to it, and they are all dressed like it's the 60s, and the thing is reading a magazine from the 60s. So that's led lots of people online to think this film is going to be set in the 60s. Crazy, um, really? Yeah, I know, right? Um, or maybe Ben Grimm's just a big, like, enthusiast for <laughs> the 1960s. It's Marvel, though. It could be time travel. Yeah. would be the first time. Um, so I'm interested to see if it's going to be, like, a one-off situation where it's like, we do this one film and then no more Fantastic Four. We give people a really good Fantastic Four movie and then get rid of them. Or if they're then going to go oh, but they're now in modern day and they look exactly the same and they're the same age and all this. Um, if they keep adding actors like to, like, the Marvel catalog, they're going to run out of people to hire. Yeah. They're, like, literally going to run out of people. Like, my main issue with this casting, honestly, is the ages of these actors. Oh. Because in my head, you would want... Like, if, like, if I was, a, like, a Marvel executive or someone, I'd want to be casting quite young actors for these roles like um, when i say that i don't mean like fresh 18 year olds kind of thing i can't actually remember how old they are how old so, they are canonically so like they are one of the set like they will age wherever they want to be aged basically okay. it's not like spider-man where he's like constantly either a college student or a fresh out of college student like he's not He's not always... It's not like that, when he's always one of those two things. Um, With the Fantastic Four, they very much go, we want to tell a story where they're all 50. They're all 50 50 now, now. kind of thing. Um, Like, it's always that Johnny, the Human Torch, is the youngest. Well, then that casting... Surely he is the youngest. he is the youngest. Uh, He's, like, by quite a bit the youngest um, of them all. Uh, But other than that, it's kind of just, they're as old as we want them to be, uh, kind of thing. Um, but my issue with it is, if I was an executive at Marvel, I'd want to be casting tops, 35. Like, as in my oldest actor for it, I'd want to be 35. Because then I could have, like, a good 10 years, 20 years maybe, with these actors. Yeah, if you which, did want to do Like, follow-ups. if you wanted to do follow-ups. But... Well, in, even the, if you wanted to integrate them into some of the bigger yeah. areas as well. Uh, I am Googling it now. But off the top of my head, Pedro Pascal is... Uh, oh, he's older than I thought he was. How he's old did you 40, think he was? I thought he was 43. Um, he is 48. 
Pedro Pascal is 48 and he's about to have his first film in a franchise where he is going to be an action star. Um, which, don't get me wrong, I know he's the front man of a load of action films. And he is and the, like, the Mandalorian. He's the Mandalorian. But I don't know if, like... I, I don't know if I can see a 48-year-old man... I don't think he looks 48, but that's my personal like, opinion. And then just let him go, yeah, no, I'm going to go on an adventure. Um, like, I'm showing Ethan a photo now. <laughs> he looks old in this picture. In that picture, yeah. Like, he looks quite bad. Don't get me wrong, there's some photos where he looks great. Most photos he looks great. <laughs> <laughs> but the added on of him being 48 is his co-star who is meant to be his love interest in the film or at least usually is his is his character's love interest in the comics is 13 years younger than him that's not that bad it's not bad but if you're then going he's 60 in a couple years and she's going to be she's just going to be hitting the age that he is now and he's going to be fully grey. He yeah, is—he's going to be granddad actor granddad status, uh, whilst she's still adult, like regular, regular adult acting. Reg, regular adult acting. <laughs> um, I think it—it's really bizarre with Marvel because you got to remember, like Robert Downey Jr. wasn't young when he stopped. Like, yeah, they go on for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doing like, them. But then, it, I but guess... then at the same time, he was meant like he was kind of cast because he was kind of done. His prime was over, and then his prime restarted, kind of thing. He wasn't cast because his prime was over. He was cast because he wrecked his life. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's like part of it, isn't it? <laughs> when you're an actor, you go, okay, I've passed my prime now. Alcoholism. No. Well, not so much anymore. Thankfully, yeah. Harder substances. <laughs> um, no, I'm. I'm of course joking. We do not endorse the use of harder substances than orange and mango squash. <laughs> um, I am drinking peach juice today. It's very good. Anyway, I think we should go into another song. Uh huh. Uh. Any th- any final thoughts on Fantastic Four? I'll be interested to see when it comes out. So they announced the new Deadpool film as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back. Cool, perfect. This is True Love by Pink, featuring Lily Allen. They've got rid of the play button. There's not a play button over <laughs> here anymore. There used to be a play button right here. <laughs> anyway, let us go. Enjoy. That was True Love by Pink featuring Lily Allen. Lily Allen? <laughs> Why did I say it like that? 
Because your voice is broken. Yeah, yeah. Let's blame the cold, and then everything's okay. Um. So, before our little break there, you mentioned the new Deadpool. I did. Um, that was Deadpool three, which is actually going to be called Deadpool and Wolverine. Um. Uh, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? I am interested. I think Marvel needs more than another Deadpool to say, like film to save it. Bear in mind the weird spiral they've been on at the moment with how disillusioned some fans are. But I enjoy a Deadpool film. Nice, easy film to go watch. Generally, you know, I've got I've got one DVD. I'm quite happy to sit. And, you know, they're just they're pleasant. They're not attached to anything. I know that they want to integrate it, I think, to yeah. more of the X-Men stuff, but then X-Men feels separate to everything else, and I just it's all all a big mess of time and space where they just... I wish it was more streamlined, but it's not, so... Yeah. I feel like they need to either commit to the, like, this is entirely detached, or have it fully integrated, yeah. like, have it actively be, this is the timeline. And this is where it is, which I think is what this film is going to be about, uh, because in the trailer we re we get reintroduced to the TVA, the Time Variance yeah. Authority, um, who we also see in Loki, uh, the series. Um, and I'm really interested by it because I so from the premise that it seems to set up, they seem to be hiring Deadpool as an agent for the TVA. That's a mistake. Firstly, yes, massive mistake, <laughs> but I think that it would be a brilliant opportunity for them to do... A, I know that they're not going to do this, but I think it would be a brilliant opportunity for them to do a Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe on screen. Start again. <laughs> Just done now. Yeah, Start exactly. Um, but, of course, the Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, very big story yeah, it is. for Deadpool in the comics. Um and I think it would be a brilliant time that they could do it now, given that if he's working for the TVA, he has access to all of these different timelines. They could just go, okay, you've got to go and like kill this character, and then this character, and then this character. I mean, he's already like, shot himself in the head. Like, yeah. He shoots Ryan Reynolds yeah. reading the reading Green Lantern script. script. So he's already uh, canonically killed himself. So like, it would not really shock me. I think also by putting him with the TVA... It gives us a really good excuse to explain why he speaks to camera and not like as the other characters okay, do. Yeah. Because if they integrate him with most of the other Marvel characters bar She-Hulk, they don't. Yeah. That whole like breaking the fourth wall just doesn't, doesn't really work, occur. Yeah. But I think by having him working with the TVA, it's almost like you could argue, oh no, he's like talking to them and therefore us to provide context and exposition yeah, of what yeah. he's doing as a way of not breaking everything else. I still like the. Um, I still like that it's just a power of his. Like, it's not just it, him that has it. it. Yeah, I know, but like, you get what I mean. Like, it's a power that he has, and She-Hulk has, and Howard the Duck has. Like, where it's actually a power that they have that they know they're there, rather than it just being some coincidence of how the cameras put. I mean, I think what's like, really interesting is in what if. Um, if you've seen it, yeah, the, yeah. the two series of that, um, the idea of like the watchers and the whole point is to watch. And it's all a big joke about the fact that it's the editors and people who need more context go with the comics. But like the idea that, um, 
I was going to say Captain America, like she can, she processes that they're there as well. I'm like, yeah. okay, are we going to do more with these things? Are we not? It would be just, I really like the What If series and I really want them to do more with it, just generally. Yeah, our aircon in here is having a right hissy fit. Yeah, but every 20 minutes it yeah, just I'm, doesn't like it. I'm going to go turn that off in the next break. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're going to do Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe because this is a Deadpool and Wolverine film. They've sent him back in time before and yeah. had him screw with things and almost die and but die. From, and From the trailer, it seems like they're going to be at each other's throats. Um, oh, Ron Reynolds is going to absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, or at least for part of the film, they're going to be like against each other kind of thing. Do you think thing. it'll last the whole film? Though? I don't think it'll last the whole film. I reckon they'll get to like halfway through the film and then they'll go, oh, there's this bigger bad and we need to team United up and fight the this enemy guy of, of my, my enemy, enemy is my friend thing, or yeah. whatever. Um, like, I think that's what's going to happen is they're just going to go and do that instead. They're not going to like actually go at each other um, unless the entire film is just Deadpool taking out different Wolverines. Um, and that's his mission. I mean, he's, they do break the timeline, don't they? Like, the X-Men guy. do break the timeline. Yeah. Like, they mess with stuff. Yeah. And I think it would be a nice way of that Marvel slowly kind of pulling it in, I suppose, of being like, okay, we'll fix these things. Because the issue that I've always had with X-Men is they kind of just do things, and then they're like, oh, we forgot that scene in that film we did, like, four years prior where this thing happened, and now yeah. there's just an offshoot. So, I mean, even if they just use this whole film to just, like, clear that up before they integrate it which would be a good way of like making it slightly more concise i think because x-men's a bit all over the place oh it's awful for its timeline like uh there's this podcast i listen to called the weekly planet not sponsored uh not (laughs) sponsored uh they're an australian uh podcast oh nice um and their way of describing it is to watch any x-men film the research that you need to do is the previous X-Men film. Other than that, it doesn't actually matter because they'll be making it up as well. Um, like, you, like if, if you're wanting to watch X-Men 3, you watch X-Men 2, but you don't worry about X-Men 1 because there's definitely something that will contradict X-Men 1 in X-Men 3. I mean, uh, I got more of a headache trying to understand the timeline for X-Men than I did when I was on holiday and decided to watch Terminator all of Back to the Future and then the Matrix back to back because that that's too much time travel yeah. and one sitting. But like the X Men is just it's too much. Yeah, it's just not it's not well put together those films. Um, I still really enjoy them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they are unbelievably good until like the later ones. No, it's fine uh, until you have to think about it. Basically, yeah. it's it's it's, great. it's fine until they get to the third of either of the trilogies. Um, and then it just starts going down and then Dark Phoenix came out and they just went, you know what, we're just going to give up. Uh, Is it really sad that I don't remember much of that film? Like, oh. I could like, I remember quite vividly several of the X-Men films yeah. and yet for some reason that film's just gone. Gone from yeah, my no, brain. Yeah, no, fully. Um, every single other one of those films I could tell you some, at least some scenes that happen in them. Uh, even if it's just the final big battle. I could tell you some scenes that happen. Couldn't tell you a single thing that happens in Dark Phoenix, except for some, like, weird white lady going up to Jean Grey and being like, you're an alien, or something. I I still think one of my favourite 
newer film scenes is still when Quicksilver gets all the kids out of the school as it as it is blowing up. Yeah. I think all scenes with him just uh, uh, from a film standpoint, I don't care if you like the character or not, film standpoint, every one of his scenes is fantastic yeah. when he's moving. Because the thing that Marvel I think struggled to do is demonstrate just how powerful characters are. Yeah. But they really hit the nail on the head with him. Really yeah. really get to see just how quick he is moving how slow everything moves around that and then being, it's the stop and then all of the outcome yeah. and i think it's fantastic that being said i don't like how that in fa- it impacted the industry as a whole because oh. then you got the flash tv show showing the flash's speed in the exact same way and you had the sonic the hedgehog movie showing sonic <laughs> speed in the exact same way and then you had the flash in the movies showing his speed in the exact same way and it just sort of got to a point where it was like... Yes, we get it. We get... A, we get it. This is, like, cool and whatever. But also, that's not what their power is. Their power is not that we can slow down time. Because what what you find with all of them is they're just walking around and everything's moving really slowly, which is not what their power is. That's slowing down time. Their power is super speed. So, yeah, their brain is working really fast. But if they're walking, they're walking. Like, they're not walking at super speeds they they run at super speeds mm. kind of thing like i think the flash tv show also the contrast but they don't just be like look you see him moving slowly like in that tv show you do see him moving very very quickly a lot of the time to the point where yeah he is a literal blur and i think that that works in its own right and the use of both makes yeah. it better i i think there needs to be some sort of balance between the way that the avengers Age of Ultron did Quicksilver and showed his powers and the way that X-Men uh, yeah. Days of Future Past showed a different Quicksilver's it's a powers. Really, it's a really difficult situation with those two characters because they acknowledge that they're different people in WandaVision. They quite, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, quite yeah. accurately acknowledge the entire audience, we know they are different. And then don't talk about it again at all. Yeah. I'm like, so are they a relative? Are they not? Is that, like, what What, what yeah. are you doing with this? Because I was like, oh, this could be great in terms of pulling in more ex... Nope. No. They just do nothing with it. They they throw in a twist and they're like, ha 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 ha. But they had that issue with WandaVision because they had filmed... Because of how diff- separate all their writing teams are. Yeah. They had started filming the Doctor Strange film... The Body of Us Madness before WandaVision had finished. And yeah. then they had to chuck on the thing at the end of WandaVision. Because she kind of goes through that entire arc of like, okay, yes, I'll acknowledge like my yeah. children are gone. And then it's the entire premise of... Yeah. Is it's the Doctor Strange yeah. film is the fact that she wants her kids. And it's like, what happened from here to here that's made you go completely that, back on yourself? That is honestly my main issue with Multiverse of Madness. I Along like with that film. quite a lot of other things. It's a very I, strange it's, film. <laughs> good pun. Uh... Was it intentional? Good. It makes it better, (laughs) honestly. Um, But it's the fact that they go through all of this character development for Wanda, and, like, you could hypothetically go for a WandaVision season two, or, like, just have her in other things, or have her settle down and just have a life on her own where she tries to move on with her life. But instead they go, okay, now that she's learnt all those lessons... She's not going to have learned all those lessons because we need a villain for our film. Like, and it really ruins worked, it for me. I think they really could have. They could have used her as a villain. But what I think they should have done is released the first half 
of WandaVision. Up until the point that we know that there's a, it's external internal, yes. released up to there, then brought out Multiverse of Madness, and then you could have done the second half. And, like, you just swap around the ending a bit, so instead of, like, going completely loopy, have that her story in that film is looking for a way to harness that magic yeah. properly, and then just be like... Oh, yeah, now she wants to have a look at having kids. And, yeah. like, just, like, shift around some of it slightly. But it's the fact that it's, like, all of this, all of that. And I'm like, oh, you need to provide context between what happens at the end of WandaVision to the beginning of that film that's made her decide she definitely wants children. Yeah. Like, what is it that occurs? Like, there's got to be something that happens in that gap. That's the thing, like, WandaVision was, in my opinion, one of the best things that Marvel have done since Endgame. And Multiverse of Madness, to me, just disregards the whole thing it's like just it just goes how, uh. it's not even intentional and i think that's why it's because of how separate they keep all their projects which is why i think marvel's gotten so clunky is that not only are they doing films which would be like oh a film a year they're trying to produce more in a year and the fact that every time that they've got films out they've now got tv shows that are trying to run parallel but they can't have done the writers know what they're talking yeah. about and it's really sad because the comics are quite fluent. And yeah. even if there are you've, things that are separate, they still function within themselves. Even and back in the day when it was just the Marvel films, the Netflix TV series, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can still everything, register it all. Yeah, everything worked in a timeline. There was an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. which happens immediately after Thor The Dark World. And it d- directly like deals with that. Same thing with captain america winter soldier when that was the newest marvel film out agents of shield had a whole like no i don't think it was quite a season but like a good chunk of a season dealing with what had happened i think what i really liked about agents of shield is it was it worked uh, you could just sit down and watch agents of shield by itself and not have to watch the films i would advise that you do but you don't have to but i did see somebody on a, on up until about end game they took every film from the first iron man film to Endgame, including all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it was like, oh, watch them in order. And it integrates all of the episodes you should watch because it fits in so fluently. You can't sit there and do that now because it doesn't fit. No. Not not as fluently anyway. And it's really depressing. Like, it's the fact that, like, Marvel have released a timeline recently. And, like, when I say recently, I do mean, like, this week. Right. There's been a timeline released. And it says that uh, Loki Series 2 happens at the end end of what at the end of the timeline uh, event at the, it's the last thing in the whole timeline that happens mm. and it's like okay maybe some things in it like yeah because they visit that one place which is literally the end of time but the so much of that film happens outside of time like or well, not film series yeah, yeah. like and the whole point is that it's outside of time and you're looking at all of the time, like all of the possible time that there is, you can see it from the place where that show happens. Yeah. Um, and I just think it kind of, like, it doesn't make sense they've put it there. If anything, put it directly after Endgame because that's when Loki gets kind of taken, like, in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Marvel, sort it out. Please. Kevin Feige, I know you're listening to us. <laughs> you're one of our five listeners. Yeah, definitely. Sort it out. <laughs> um, we're going to pop into another song. Um, have, you got a, have you got a recommendation at all? A request? 
I, I very rarely have requests for you. You do this every time I'm here, and I never have something to give you. Come on, give us Summit. Summit Groovy. Uh, I'm, I'm also just scrolling through to see if there's anything I like. Um, oh, how about that? Yeah, we'll go with that. This is 3005 by Childish Gambino. Nice. Yeah, good, innit? Enjoy. That was best song ever. I'd forgotten to turn our microphones on. That was a proper Alfie situation there, that was. How are you doing, Ethan? I'm tired now. Good, good. <laughs> um, those of you listening at home, I don't know how much you guys keep up with the film stuff uh, at all, but we are currently in the middle of awards season. Um, and as as usually happens there was a BAFTAs ceremony and that was last night um, we knew this information before <laughs> planning this show today um, and I told Ethan not to watch it um, and that is because I've decided that I'm going to give Ethan a quiz I'm not looking forward to this at all <laughs> Ethan is totally looking forward to this this is Ethan's favourite bit of the show is the bit where he's going to get quizzed about a thing that he hasn't seen. So, let's begin. The BAFTAs were last night aired on BBC One, starting at 7 o'clock and finishing at 9 o'clock. But, who hosted the awards ceremony last night? Who hosted it? Who hosted it? Oh my god, I genuinely have no idea. Do you have options for me, or are you just gonna do that now? I will give you options. Okay. Um, there are points. This is a point system. Oh, you're great. Um, Excellent. I get to be bullied on live air for like yes, 10 of course. Minutes. Fantastic. So, your options are John Hamm. David Tennant and Michael Sheen right who hosted the BAFTAs last night was it A. John Hamm B. David Tennant or C. Michael Sheen I'd really like it to be David Tennant I imagine he probably didn't but I'd really like it to be David Tennant I'm more likely to go away and watch it if it had been (laughs) (laughs) So, David Tennant, final answer? Yeah, why not? David Tennant is correct. Oh, yeah, nice. You've you've nailed that. Hold on. You get a little applause. You get canned laughter and everything. Yeah, it's great. So, the next question. Which sports personality who starred in a documentary last year titled After Himself (laughs) Great presented the Outstanding Debut Award for writing, directing, producing 
I'm trying to think of documentaries that came out last year. Oh my gosh. You got a, we've got a sport in mind. There is there there is a sport in mind. Do you want it? Yeah, why not? Football. Of course it was. I'm trying to think of people who'd be on TV as well, be willing to. If it helps, it was Netflix. Not particularly. Yeah. Because I don't follow sport at all. Good. Uh, did David Beckham do a documentary last year? I can't remember. David Beckham did do a documentary <laughs> last year. Is it is it him or is it somebody else? Because. He was David Beckham. Oh, no. David Beckham did uh, uh, present that award. Congratulations, that is two points. Skipping back to the beginning of the ceremony. Oh, God. My questions have fallen over. Um, Oh, you can. Yeah, you can fully see my phone in the shot. It's brilliant. (laughs) Um, When walking into the BAFTAs. Mm hmm. Host David Tennant gave what item slash thing to Michael Sheen? Oh my god. Um, they're a bit camp with each other. So like, that could be anything. Yep. Did he give him flowers or his phone or something stupid? No. Well, there you go. The answer was a dog. Did he actually? David Tennant walks into the BAFTAs holding a dog. Like a puppy? A, a full-grown but miniature dog. <laughs> like just a small a small dog that you can hold in one hand, but it was an adult of that breed kind of thing. Oh dear. The follow-up bonus question to that question <laughs> was, which of these is the name <laughs> of that dog? Okay. Is it... Dame Waggy Smith JK Growling or Bark Ruffalo I really don't want it to be the Rowling I kind of like Waggy Smith to be honest that's kind of funny but I bet I'm wrong the answer is Bark Ruffalo. Also a very valid choice. Very good, very good choice. Do do enjoy both of those. Um, Of course, based on the pun of Mark Ruffalo, whose film Poor Things was nominated for many awards last night. A film I desperately want to go see and still haven't. Yeah, same. Really want to go see it. Um, Okay. Oh, the tension music has stopped. I oh know, you'll have to stop bullying me. <laughs> Get louder. During the BAFTAs, there were three performances. Which currently trending early 2000s hit was performed? I couldn't even tell this is how little I use my phone for things I should use my phone for. I don't think I can even tell you what songs are trending. That's good. (laughs) No, got nothing. It appeared in a film from last year. Oh, God. um, Towards the end of the film, in which the main actor dances around. Is this... um... 
Murder on the Dance Floor. It is Murder on I the Dance Floor. I also saw that film. It was interesting. Sophie Ellis Bet. It's an awful name to pronounce. Sophie Ellis Bexter performed Murder on the Dance Floor last night, and it has since reached headlines. It has. Where uh, audience mem- or general audiences were annoyed at the present audience for not getting up in the middle of their awards ceremony and dancing. Shocking from from the general public here. No one's getting up in the middle of the BAFTAs. People only get up in the middle of award shows yeah. to yell at each other. Yeah, or walk up onto the stage and slap someone. Like those. That's the rules. <laughs> so we ha- we have a couple more questions, um, and they may or may not be David Tennant related. Um, but this first one is about Andy Serkis. <laughs> Okay. You love Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. Known for his great roles. But, which ceremony... No, not which ceremony. During the ceremony, <laughs> which role did he say was the highlight of his career? It's not going to be the one I think it is, is it? Probably not. <laughs> oh, that's really sad. I have to think about other things he's been I don't do names to faces. This doesn't work. I can picture him, it's fine, but I'm like trying to think of things he's been in. Mm. Highlight of his career. Highlight of his career. The number one highlight of Andy Serkis's career. It's not the one I think it is. I feel need to Google I his face. I do not Google it. Do I'm not, not Googling Google it. yet, I'm Googling his face. Okay. So I can demonstrate to my brain that it is who I think it is. Just as a reference point is the guy who plays Gollum. Yeah, I thought so. Like, it is that guy. Yeah. He's older than I thought he was. Love Google. Um, bear in mind, it's not the one I thought it would have been. Because yes. I would have gone with Gollum because he did say how much fun he had filming. Yes. Those films. I don't think I could tell you another role of his that would be prominent enough to call it the highlight of his career. Fair enough. So is Gollum your final answer? Yeah. The answer was the highlight of his career was playing Bark Ruffalo at the BAFTAs last night. (laughs) Of course it was. (laughs) As if you were expecting anything else. And final question. Thank God. Before we go into just general chat about the BAFTAs. Okay. Is who did David Tennant say was his dream best friend or the best friend of his dreams now it'd be very easy to say Michael Sheen just because of the way that they are with each other it would be very easy to say that it would be wrong to say (laughs) that but it would be very easy to say that I want to say it might have been maybe somebody he did Doctor Who with that would be my I can't actually place who went to the BAFTAs, so I don't even have like a frame of reference either. 
I don't know his wife who always talks about him on Twitter. Why? Yeah. That's cute. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> it's so wrong. Yeah, go on. The answer is Idris Elba. <laughs> of course it is. Oh, I'm sorry. Who doesn't dream of Idris Elba being their best friend? I think you dream of Idris Elba being more than your best friend. I do. <laughs> and with that, that ends the quiz. I'm so glad. You Congratulations. Oh my god, there's fanfare and everything. Yeah. That's awful. It goes on for way too long. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's so long. There we go. Well done, Ethan. <laughs> and now we can turn the... Actually, no, I like the background music now. Um, here we go. So... Now that we've got that out of the way, we are going to play the previously mentioned Murder on the Dance Floor. Um, And once we come back from this song, we will be discussing the winners, the losers, the nominees, the undeserved wins of the BAFTAs last night. So please do stay tuned to Phantom Radio and Film Talk on Phantom. Here is Murder on the Dance Floor. You're listening to Phantom Radio. Live from Kettleston Road. That was Murder on the Dance Floor by... No. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, by Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Still an awful name to try and pronounce. So, we have the list of BAFTA winners up here. If you want to... If you didn't watch last night and you want to keep up, please do um, sort of just get it up on your phone. Uh, Google Google it. it, You know, (laughs) literally Google. Um, You can find it on the BAFTA's website. Um, Literally just search BAFTA's 2024. And you will get the answers you need. So, um, firstly, final question of the quiz. No, you were done with the quiz. No, we were. You were done with the quiz. We're not done anymore. Which film won the most BAFTAs? The most BAFTAs? The most BAFTAs. Oh, is it Oppenheimer? Like, me really grumpy. Yeah, it's Oppenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole bit. Um,. So, Oppenheimer, of course, won Best Picture. Um, a award that I'm not best pleased has gone to it, um, specifically on the form that I don't think it is the Best Picture out of those nominations. Um, so, the nominations for Best Picture were Anatomy of a Fall, um, which was a... French court drama. Right. The Holdovers, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things. Let's see if there are more, because in my head there, there were more. There usually are. Cool. Nope. Uh, that's all that's coming up. Uh, anyway, even out of those, I do not believe that Oppenheimer is the best picture out of those. Um, or best film, rather. Um... 
it's way too long. Simple as it's way too long and nothing happens. You're uh, kidding, right? What? <laughs> well, I've gone and seen all three Lord of the Rings extended editions in cinema and walked out fine, but then think Oppenheimer's too long. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's where I'm going with that. Uh, no, I'm not kidding. Uh, this film could have been a lot faster. Like, paced up but a lot. But they couldn't pace it like an action film. It gives no, 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 the no. wrong message. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying pace it like an action film, but so many scenes in it, you could just go, yeah, just delete that storyline, honestly. Like, just get rid of it. Because um, it doesn't really do a lot. You know? Like, don't get me wrong. Sorry, I'm burping. Because I've just finished a hot dog. Um, or maybe it's hiccups. Who knows? The, like, basically the same thing. Uh, but... I understand that it's meant to be kind of biographical. Not really, but kind of. And it's based off this book that is meant to be a biography of his life. But if you're adapting a book that is long and has a lot of information about someone's life, you cut bits out of it, you know? Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying mix things around. Don't don't do, like, Gran Turismo or uh, Bohemian Rhapsody where they chop things around, put them in the wrong order, lie to you about what happens. I'm not saying do that, but make it palatable if you're going to make it. I think they probably had the issue, though, with given the context that the film is trying to represent, no matter what or where they'd cut, there'd be somebody going, yeah, but this thing leads to this thing, and if by not clarifying this, that, and the other, because it's quite yeah. a heavy topic they're trying to cover in this film as well. Although there was some backlash with it being you know such a heavy topic yeah. for film and it there've been lots of de- or I've seen lots of debates back and forth about it and about its relevance in terms of media and everything um i also just think it's a massive shame that uh oppenheimer got a best film nomination uh and barbie didn't i have seen quite a lot of um outrage about the fact that barbie didn't like don't get me wrong, it's not a perfect film. But neither of them are perfect neither films. Neither of them are perfect films. Um, <coughs> but I would say that they are, be- they, they are somewhat comparable in quality. Like, in the form... It's very hard to it's do hard that. It's hard to. such it's hard different to, films. Yeah, 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 don't get me wrong, they are vastly different films, which makes comparisons hard. But I think that's why people have found the whole what is the Barbenheimer? That, yeah, that entire meme was so popular because of how drastically different these two films yeah, were. Yeah, it's like Saw Patrol, um, <laughs> which was the follow-up to Barbenheimer. What was that the new a new Saw Patrol and a new, new Saw film? Yes, same that's day. Kid friendly? <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, neither is Barbenheimer. Uh, well, yeah, but both of those films aren't kid friendly. <laughs> You go to the wrong screen on that day and you're traumatising your child forever. Yeah. Which one are you, take, are you meaning to take <laughs> them to, though? <laughs> oh, don't take them to see Paw Patrol. They develop American accents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were some absolutely cracking films in there for best picture, or best film, rather. Um, and they just got done by Oppenheimer. I'm also not shocked though that's no I'm not shocked at all that's like, the thing is I'm not surprised that it's gone to Oppenheimer 
and I wasn't surprised when it got announced they were released the same day as unfortunate as it is I knew this would be the outcome you know yeah. what I mean like I think it th- thus proving the point of the film but like yeah no 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 absolutely um and also the fact that like some of the I think it was like the Golden Globes I want to say maybe this, the BAFTAs as well hold on I'm just finding out now Oh no, she was nominated here, but in like unlike the Golden Globes, I'm pretty sure Ryan Gosling was nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but Margot Robbie wasn't nominated for Leading right. Actress, even though the whole point of the film, the, like and it, it proves Didn't... the point of the film in a way, like because their performances are on par. If not, she does a better performance than he does, you know. But he gets the nomination, and he, like I know there was, I a, think he did. He get the win. He this won year? a song award, he didn't. didn't he? For yeah. I'm just Ken, I'm and just that Ken. was quite a big. Yeah, even though Billie Eilish's song should have realistically been the one nominated, um, that was a huge thing. Where he even went up and said, "This shouldn't have been my award." Like you guys didn't watch the film if you've nominated this one. The thing um, is, they take lots of it from popularity online, don't they? And unfortunately, yeah. because it became a meme, I'm just came became a meme so quickly. It was played repeatedly, and they now translate online streams and things like that. It does yeah. all count towards what makes a song more popular. Yeah. Oh, I've got this. I can do the rest. Please of the don't show. die on the air. I I'm won't really die on it. Um, but I'm now going to move it down to the award that I was most annoyed by. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, uh, given that you've shown during the break, you showed great interest in seeing this film. Yes. Um, poor things. It won uh, special visual effects. Right. And I do not agree with this at all. What do you think should have won? Uh, the creator. I think the creator should have won this uh, category. Right. They so have you seen the creator? I think I saw um, ads for it. I don't think I actually sat down and watched it. Cool. Basically, um, one of the main characters is a cyborg. Um, this is a child character. Um, so he has a child's face. She has a child's face. Can't really remember. They have a child's uh, face. They have a child's face. Um, and then like a a robot head kind of thing does that make sense yeah um and as part of that robot head there is a giant hole through their head from ear to ear there are no ears on this uh child it's just a hole all the way through and you can see inside and it all looks dead on like except for the fact where it's a child with a hole through their head you can't tell that it's like fake you know, like if in a couple of years from now, someone creates a robot that looks like that, you would not be able to differentiate between that and this right. kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yes. Kind of. Um, and like so many of the lighting effects, which I don't think were lighting effects, I think they were CGI effects to do with, like, to like replace the effort yeah, yeah. of doing lighting effects. Um there were so many things going on in the creator and it's all dead on like 
yes, it had a bit of controversy when its first trailer was released. How come? Um, because it had taken footage from a real-life explosion Ooh. where multiple people died. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Um, it had taken real footage from that and then added more CGI over the top of it. Um, just just make it all synthetic. Yeah. It would have been... Don't pull actual footage well, it, of real explosions. It was either they pulled the actual footage or they used it very heavily as a reference point. Either way... Either way, it got like, backlash. It, it got backlash. To be it. fair, there are plenty... They do it in... Um, when Ultron accessed the internet, those are real clips from yeah. like, actual military news documents. So That's the thing. Like, I guess it just depends on how recent or difficult that situation would have been for people. You are really struggling. Yeah, I'm trying not to look too much at the keyboard, uh, but... You can't touch type. I'm just not used to using a keyboard anymore. I do most of my uni work on my phone. Uh that, yeah, that actually disturbs me that you do good. much uni work on your phone. Yeah, so oh, good. I don't actually want to open this. Why? <laughs> Why have you done this to me? Yeah, so it used um, footage from a 2020 Beirut explosion. Um, 218 people. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, maybe don't do that. Um, in the trailer. I don't think that this footage was actually in the film. the film. I think that they did remove it from the film uh, in the end. Um, mostly on, a fa- on the fact that when I went to see it, I don't remember seeing the footage in the film. Um, but apart from that, it was pretty dead on, special effects wise, and I think it should have won this thing. Given that, during the sort of clips reel of like, oh, this is, like, what the breakdown of the CG during Poor Things was. It was just sky replacements. Right. It was things you could have done as a matte painting or, like, very easily just gone green screen and then fake landscape kind of thing. Like, things like that. Whereas, like, all of the films in this category are already doing that and doing it to the same quality and then doing extra things on top. I'm not surprised um, Mission Impossible was also put forward for that yeah. award. Because it always is. I didn't see Napoleon in the end. Did you go and see I it? I didn't go see it. Did you not? Um, I went to see Saltburn, and then as soon as I came out of the cinema from Saltburn... You I had ra- a shower no, and cried. <laughs> uh, no, I came out of the cinema and ran into one of my lecturers um, who had just gone to see Napoleon. And he he came out and he was just like, don't bother going to see it. It's awful. <laughs> so i was like okay i'll take your word on that i Um, just haven't like so i just haven't watched it like don't get me wrong when it comes out on something i might maybe maybe it's already out on something and i just imagine it probably is haven't clocked that it is out um but yeah like i'd even say that guardians (laughs) the galaxy arguably should have beaten poor things on this i mean because they did the same things sure the added bits on the top weren't as good like they probably detracted but they did all the sky replacements pretty well that's my thinking but yeah I was properly outraged when that was announced as the winner um 
to the point that we paused like I was watching it with a friend and we paused the BAFTAs for a good like five minutes so you can whilst, have whilst I just shouted at the screen going why is th- why this film this film does not deserve this award yes it deserves other awards but it doesn't deserve this award like why is this being given it why was it not the creator but anyway I digress um that was my least favourite one and my headphones are slowly falling off um, and I, I'm struggling to do anything about that there we go just wear them on your head yeah I know but like it's weird because my right ear like not my right ear my right headphone mm-hmm. isn't working I don't know if it's the same for you yeah why well, it's my ear just yeah it's, I can hear it of one side yeah because Everything in this office is broken. Please fund us, please. <laughs> Everyone tune in and then we can We can do have better. more equipment. That would be great. Everyone nice. go and get your family, all five of you, get your family to tune in right now. Thank you very much. Um because we need wires and speakers apparently. Yeah, a lot of them apparently. Um I got very annoyed at another another part of the awards ceremony. Um the cinematography award specifically and it was because the guy who won it went up collected his award it was it was counted as one of the other awards one of the ones where they just do a quick cut to it where they go oh and the winner is this film and the winner is this film like it was part of that but they showed his speech uh and he went up and he he was like yeah it's really good to see that s- <coughs> bless you uh, I don't even know what happened there <laughs> he went up and he was like yeah it's really good to see that like celluloid is still alive and four out of five of the films nominated tonight were shot on celluloid and it's like well yeah four out of five of the films nominated were shot on celluloid because the people nominating the films are like really pretentious and have a massive thing for celluloid that's why most of the films are shot on celluloid not because it's better not because it's what the audience wants but because it's what the people who nominate and vote for the BAFTAs wanted was it that at the BAFTAs there was a quite sexist rant that occurred or was that a different award no, show which they had to sit through that was surrounding Barbie the Golden Globes uh, where the host who is a comedian um inverted commas for yeah. anybody else for anyone listening um who didn't get my tone of voice there um for anyone watching you're fine uh but he was saying like oh yeah Oppenheimer is this deep film about like the struggles of like having power and not knowing what to do with it and then Barbie's a film about a doll that has boobs. <laughs> and it's just like... We love it when people completely miss the point. Yeah. Crazy. Like, that's the worst bit. And then, like, after that joke was made, the best bit was, like, it, it cuts to Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and basically every other woman in the audience. And they were just all dead face, just like, that's not funny at all. That is not a good joke. And then he repeated the jokes, like, later in... Like, not the exact same ones, but, like... The same kind of premise. Very much similar vibes kind of jokes later on in the night. And it's just, like, no one's finding you funny. At what stage do you just just stop? Yeah. And then he came out on X, formerly Twitter, um, 
formally Twitter. Formally Twitter, <laughs> brackets. Um, and he was saying, oh, yeah, like, it's not fair for everyone to be judging me for it not being that funny. I only had two weeks to write it. And it's like, bro. I wrote an essay's quicker. <laughs> yes. I, I have written, like, several thousand word essays. I have written... I've I've written I've edited films yeah, <laughs> like I have written presenting material in less time than and it you, have been and funnier. it was better um like oh and the worst bit of that is his job is comedian he is a full-time comedian and he couldn't work out a single joke that landed that didn't yeah have to be oh my god like you I remember thought, seeing clips of him yeah. online and just it's awful. It's just... Yeah. Like, David Tennant isn't a comedian. And don't get me wrong, he probably had a writing team behind him. But he did be- so much better last You say night. that, though. In the... Um, over COVID, he did loads of, like... I'm going to say FaceTimes. With, like, Michael Sheen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even when he's just... Yeah, but even when he's just yeah. kind of having a chat, he is still generally funnier... Yeah. ...than... Than, yeah, this geese. Yeah. Absolutely atrocious. Ugh. There's this one film that I'm quite interested by, by the fact that it won a lot, lot of BAFTAs last night. The like, Zone of Interest. The Zone of Interest. Hadn't heard anything about it before last night. Um, and old it's not- old phantom presenter Callum Burgess, Callum Richard Burgess, if you will, um, texted me partway through the BAFTAs going... What is Zone of Interest? Like, why is it winning every award? Because there was, there was like, one point where they did, like, the other awards, and it won, like, three of them in a row. And it was like, oh, okay, maybe this film is something. Um, like... What language is it in? I want to say it- French, but I couldn't tell you. Uh... Oh, wait, no. Hold on. Watching you try to type is still actually really funny. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, uh, Auschwitz oh. is where it's based, so German. German, I would oh, assume. Yeah. Polish, maybe? Uh, languages, was... German, Polish and Yiddish. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and this film won Outstandish Brit- Outstandish. Outstanding British Film. Um, and... I'm not going to lie. The immediate comments of the person who went to, went to collect the oh award did kind of frustrate me. Um, and this this is going to sound a bit dodgy, um, so please don't don't think that I'm like some right wing nut job. But his immediate comments can basically be summed up to. Thanks for giving us outstanding British film. This was not a British film. Well, logistically, it's not like, a British no, film. No, logistically, he literally just went, oh yeah, like a hun- like 99% of our crew was Polish and none of our cast was English. So, thanks. <laughs> like, I can understand the frustration, like, though. If, if you're going to openly admit that your film isn't British, then... Maybe it shouldn't have won Best British Film. But he probably... Potentially. Met, he, but surely they get... 
like, there's discussion about it yeah. beforehand. That's, that's down to the BAFTAs, not necessarily the director. If nobody thought this film is comprised of people who are, you know, German, Polish, like speaking completely foreign language, you would think that someone along the process of deciding which film would win yeah. went, actually, maybe let's not nominate it here, let's put let's, it elsewhere yeah. instead. That's the thing. Because it did also get, um, like, the foreign... Yeah, yeah best, film not in an English not language. Not in an English language. So, like, it's also got outstanding British film, despite the guy who went up and collected the award going... It's not really... It's not British. It's not a British film. It's not a British film. Um, Like, in my opinion, out of all these films that were nominated, um, I haven't seen Poor Things. It could have been that. Um, But All of Us Strangers would have been a brilliant shout for this um, category, in my opinion. It's Uh, quite funny that Napoleon is also on that list. Yes, that is quite funny. But at least it was in in English. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just... He wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he very much wasn't. He very much wasn't. But it's... I I feel really bad for the people who have to try and categorise all of the films that get nominated for these things because sometimes it just doesn't quite fit. No. Like, don't get me wrong, a lot of films don't fit nicely into categories like this. Um, and there are certain categories in this that I do disagree with or if I don't disagree with them it's just sort of a I would have thought someone else would have won like documentary um, I was fully expecting Michael J Fox's film to win because um, I'm assuming it's about his Parkinson's it's just a very personal story to someone who is in the film industry yeah. so I was expecting that to win um, it's difficult a documentary is such a difficult um, category to try and decide on because you can have so ever many documentaries but it's so hard to classify because documentary in itself is such a broad topic yeah it's such a broad category you can't just the best what are you looking for the most accurate yeah Uh, you know are we looking for not stereotypical documentaries you want creative filming do you want after emotions yeah like like what do you what are you after in documentary but then you've got the same issue with animated film that's such a broad category do I think The Boy and the Heron was fantastic? Yes, I do. It was an absolutely brilliant film. I adored it. I love a Ghibli film. And like all other Ghibli films, it made me want to cry just a little bit because it got, got me my feels. And then I sit in the cinema and go, don't cry. Um, but then I cry at Ponyo when I'm sat at home. So yeah. that and all Ghibli films make me ridiculously hungry. I don't know what it is, but he they really know how to animate food. Like food yeah. that looks yeah, homely yeah, yeah, and you yeah. want to eat. But animated film is again really really broad and often is really limited due to the way that we consider films in the uk it's usually really limited my frustration with the animated film category um mostly consists of the fact that there is not a single like lower budget or like independent film in the nominations list because you've got Studio Ghibli, which is a giant Japanese animation studio. And then you've got Chicken Run, which was Ardman, but also Netflix. If it had just um, been Ardman, it would have been tiny. Ardman originally was yeah, not yeah. particularly big, especially but even then, Watson Gromit for and everything. British animation, Ardman oh, yeah, is they were huge. huge. Yeah. It's giant. Um, Elemental, which is Pixar. 
and then Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Which, in its own which, right, was fantastically oh, absolutely animated. Amazing. Like, amazing. My, my personal opinion, I haven't watched Chicken Run, um, but I'm assuming it's of similar quality to the first I've one. I've heard that it doesn't... It's a really fantastically animated film. Yeah. In the same way, especially because... Um, is it Ardman? Yeah. Is it pronounced that way? Ardman, yeah. I, lo- I love stop motion, and it is disappearing, and I. it's why I love rewatching things like Wallace and Gromit. I love understanding... It's why they all yeah. wear necklaces in Chicken Run. They all have something around their necks. They can replace the heads between yeah. the takes. Fantastic. It doesn't apparently quite hit the same tone as the first one, but bear in mind it's essentially an allegory for war. I can yeah. understand that it's not going to. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of glad that it, they've kind of gone a slightly different direction with it because yeah. there's only so many of those films you can make. Um, but yeah, I think I watched... Um, a YouTuber I really like does lots of conversations about this, and he pointed out that the BAFTAs are really bad for animated film because of the fact they're crammed in such a tiny category. Because yeah. then you have, realistically, the companies that win these things are things like Disney or yeah. Pixar because you're not given much choice. Yeah, that's we, the thing. That was my issue with this category: is it's four giant animation studios. It's Sony Animation, Pixar Animation. Ardman Animation and Studio Ghibli. I have noticed that Amazon Prime are picking up a lot of animation at the moment. Are they? Yeah. I don't know whether... Like, there was a YouTuber I watch who, if you're on the internet a lot, you'll have heard of Husband Hotel. Um, all of the songs and everything and the massive like amount of cast that she's got and lots of people at musicals. That started off as a YouTube pilot of one girl animating something. And she just yeah. animated it and posted it on YouTube. And yeah, it's had a lot of time it's been about four or five years since that was yeah but amazon prime have backed her and now she's got people like christian boyle in it yeah and you know it's got this massive cast and everything which is fantastic but i would like to see prime do more of that because they seem to pick up the things that maybe others wouldn't consider the fact that they they've kept up and finished grand tour recently after they were dropped by the bbc i want to say but like watching amazon prime kind of pick up shows that are clearly evidently popular i'd like to see more of amazon prime kind of grab slightly more experimental stuff because they took saltburn yeah. as well a film yeah, that would thing. not have gone on Netflix. Yeah. i don't think no uh, i don't know if it had done i think the reason that saltburn went so popular was because it went to amazon prime because it went to something that is so like ev- like sort of not everyone has it but you're more likely to just you know have someone who has it kind of thing yeah like in the same way you know someone who has netflix or something like that um like if amazon hadn't picked it up i don't think like murder on the dance floor and everything would have gone viral because i think that's a massive part of it is was the easy access of the source source material to like the public like, if it had just come out in cinemas and then it was a six-month wait before it hit a streaming service or, like, was released on DVD, nothing would have happened. It, I don't think it would have been nominated for any of these awards, honestly, if it hadn't gone viral because Prime had picked it up. I think also... But, like, that, that's not a bad thing. I think... No. Prime also really pushed their advertising and have really mastered the art of advertising the shows they've picked up. And I really don't think... Disney kind of have it... I don't want to say easy when in terms of advertising, but families are still going to see Disney films. Yeah. So they don't have to put quite as much oomph into advertising. They have, they still advertise themselves on like mainstream TV channels, especially kids shows where they go, look, there's the newest film. And it's quite yeah. easy for like families to pick up on that. 
Amazon Prime in terms of adult TV shows, animations, everything really go like really, yeah. they go hard in their advertising. And I think that's one of the reasons it did so well is that I had seen that salt burn clip everywhere pretty much. Yeah. I then I was like, I'm going to watch this film and was attempting to watch that before bed. And that doesn't know. Not a good idea. No, it's not. Um, I There's this game that me and my friends play when we're having a night in. Um, not a night out, a night in. Um, and it's called Herd Mentality. Not sponsored. Um, but We have that. I have, yeah. Yeah, but you've heard of it. Basically, the idea of it is just everyone has to answer differently to everyone else. You cannot have the same answer as someone else. You're playing that backwards. You want, is it? Oh, you is want, it? Everyone you, says the, the same answer. Herd Mentality. Okay. Everyone needs Fair to enough. answer as like, similar as possible. Okay, it's been a while since I've had a night in. Um, anyway. Uh, so there was this one round of that where the question was, if you had to live with Netflix, uh, Disney Plus or Amazon Prime, which one would you pick? One? Oh my God. You had to, you, you had to delete the, the other two. The other two you can never have a subscription to. You cannot borrow a friend's password or anything like that. You can't go to their house and watch it there. You have to only have your one. Which one are you picking? And I said, and I stand by this, I would pick Disney+. Plus. However, I actively recognise that Amazon Prime makes consistently better content. Overall, the only reason I pick Disney+, Plus is because then it has Marvel and Star Wars and, and Indiana Jones and the X-Men now. I mean, you only have to wait so long and Disney will have bought out everybody else. Anyway, yeah, exactly. In their, in their attempt at monopolising. Because they got, um, was it Star TV from yeah. the US? They've like stolen, so they've snapped that up. Yeah, that was uh, part of, kind of part of Fox. Yeah, because like, now you've got things like The Simpsons, um, Castle, all yeah. shows, CSI, Criminal Minds. They've got yeah. all of that as well via... Like, that Walking Dead is on there. Is it actually? Yeah. Fair enough. Um, anything that was made by FX. They've just now. They've got. They've got now. Just because it was um, part of their deal when they bought Fox. Um, because they didn't buy all of Fox. Just um, the bits of Fox that they wanted. Yes, basically. Probably for the best. It is the majority of it that they did buy. But it's basically any of their fiction material they have right. bought so all of the films the whole like the whole film studio is disney's um but they've left things like fox news and stuff fox to news and everything like that has stayed with fox I'm not that is a the idea thing. of disney owning fox news is so funny yeah. and would really change or i would like to imagine it really changing the way americans look at their news because i think it'd be really really funny yeah. to have it like just done by someone well, else. well you say that but Disney, I'm pretty sure, owns ABC. Not shocked. I don't. And then ABC have a news show. Do they own ABC? Like, hold on, I'm going to Google this Just because in I case. know that a lot of Disney shows go on. Like, Agents of Shield was on ABC. Yeah, but uh, I... uh, uh, channel. Uh, but. American Broadcasting Company. Oh, yeah, it is. That serves the flagship property of Disney Entertainment. So it does. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah. So since 1996. Jesus. Has been owned by Disney. Um, 
And as such, Disney do have a news show. That's really funny. Um, which is mental. I just, I'm still gutted that Disney have bought out, like, what feels like everything. Um, and I'm kind of sad that Disney have done nothing with the Muppets in so long. They own them. They yeah. own it. Please. I I really like the Muppets films. I remember being obsessed with them. Even if it's up. as simple as putting Muppet versions of superheroes in Deadpool 3. Oh my god, please. Like, that'd be good. TVA and it's just the Muppets. Yeah. The Muppets are now a part of the Marvel um, like cinematic universe. And I, I, I'd i be quite happy. Yeah. Or give me things like The Dark Crystal. Yeah. Please. I love that film. They were going to do a series. They did part of a series on Netflix, I think. And then it, it just sort stopped. of stopped. And yeah. then there are comics. There are graphic novels. I really just... There's a lot of things Disney could be using that they've bought that I feel like are getting shelved because Disney aren't doing things with it. Yeah. You know, like they're like, we'll make Star Wars and we'll make, you know, our, st- our, our standard Pixar film and we'll do you a bit of like TV for you Marvel fans. And then everything else, is, it feels like it's just been shelved. Yeah. I hope that's not the case permanently. I would like to see Disney do more of what Disney does better, I yeah. think, you know. I feel like a lot of what Disney's doing at the moment is just pump out as much content as we can and then something will work eventually something will work. I just... It's like they're doing lots of remakes, but I would really like to see some remakes of things that I remember, like the Black Cauldron yeah. and like some slightly older content instead of trying to claim that the Lion King was a live action. That is not a live action. Yeah, line. it's just a reanimated, <laughs> modernly animated... Live action. Yeah. No, it wouldn't... It, it's my biggest gripe with all of the live action remakes. Yeah, it's like, yeah. look, we did live action The Lion King. I'm like, no, you... No, you didn't, didn't, though. (laughs) That's not how that works. (laughs) Really well-trained lines, otherwise. But, like, it's just... Yeah. Anyway, we're going to hit it up with a song. Good, so I can go not be angry. Yeah, 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 exactly. We need you to calm down. (laughs) So here is Taylor Swift with 22. And we're back. Just for the final segment of our show tonight, it is 7.53, which means you have seven more minutes with us. Um, And we are just going to basically blast through everything that we want to finish this show with. So, firstly, have you got any recommendations for our audience on things you're watching, uh, things to avoid, anything, honestly? Uh, as a general premise, just avoid, avoid like TikTok as a place to consume any media of any kind. <laughs> no, no, because what it should have been is like funky little edits, and it's just not. Just don't. It's an awful little pit. Just don't do it to yourself. Yeah. Um, in terms of things that I am watching at the moment, I am currently rewatching things like Supernatural and Charmed because apparently I'm already ready for Halloween, even though we're nowhere near close. Good. Um, I'm also currently watching the ever so popular Husband Hotel because a musical is the way to my heart. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Um, uh, that and I'm watching a lot of um, easy, like, th- animes that I watched as, like, a teenager. So yeah, I rewatched watched Death recently because I find they're quite easy, like, nostalgic to watch yeah. again. But that's pretty much all I'm watching. That's fair. What are you watching cool. at the moment? Um, I've just finished, and people who listened to my show last year um, will have remembered I started watching How I Met Your Mother last year. <laughs> And I've recently finished it. Are you really angry at the ending? Um, surprisingly <laughs> not. 
Um, how how are you not? Uh, I thought, yeah, sure. I would have liked another season where we actually do get to know the mother, and that would have been the better ending. Would have been a season ten where we meet the mother you properly. You do meet the mother. No, 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 you don't meet the mother. You don't get you, to know her. You see you her. You see her. You see her. Like, you, you see her in passing. You get a big thing, yeah. but, like, you don't actually see what she's like as a person. Yeah. Um, other than her being very nice to everyone. Like, you don't see anything more than that. You don't see the troubles of their first few weeks or anything like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, which would have been quite nice. But I'm fine with the ending. Um, like, because you saw, by the time that Barney, spoiler alert for How I Met Your Mother, everyone. You should have seen this by now. <laughs> um, so tune out now if you plan on watching it and you haven't. Um, Barney and Robin get married firstly mm. and then get divorced. And it's when they get got divorced that I went, okay, so Ted and Robin are getting together again eventually. Like, simple as, like, not, no questions in my mind. That It was that from that point on. And they do well to kind of still build on it. The issue I have is that the whole final season takes place at Barney and Robin's wedding and that's where they're deciding to, like, do the bits where, or like, not the whole season, a good chunk of the season happens at Barney and Robin's wedding. And lots of them happen as and- Ted's like, oh, I went in, spoke to this one, and this reminded me of X, Y, Z stories. So yeah. it's already there by yeah. that point anyway. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's like, could have done better with it at the end, but like, I'm happy with the actual ending. The actual ending itself, I have no qualms with. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I finished that, then had a cheeky little cry because I didn't know what to watch anymore. And then started watching a Marvel anime called Future Avengers. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's not spectacular. But if you are looking for very easy anime to watch, I recommend it. Especially if you like have watched the Marvel films. It's a very easy thing to just go, okay, I know who all of these characters are, play. Like, you, you don't need context. context to any of it, really. Um... That being said, I would really like to start watching the DC animated movies soon, uh, but I can't find them anywhere, is the honest truth. Uh, they are not on a streamer anywhere, and my PlayStation can't access any of the slightly less than legal websites uh, because of the Wi-Fi that I have at my house blocks them. That's really funny. It's really really funny, but is, really yeah. sad at the same time. Um, so... I have replaced the sitcom hole in my heart with New Girl. I hate that show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm about four or five episodes in at the moment. I can't stand it. Um, it's very much an in-the-background show at the a, moment. Yeah, it is. A housemate that I used to live with, who I don't anymore, who, if he is listening, will know, um, watched it a lot, and I can't stand her voice. It just <laughs> grates me. Yeah. I just can't stand it. That's fair. But that is what I'm watching at the moment. Uh, I have no film recommendations. Because I've forgotten every film that I've watched recently. Not Another Teen Movie. That's the film everyone should watch. Everyone at home, watch Not Another Teen Movie. It's on Amazon Prime. It's brilliant. And Chris Evans is very good looking in it. And with that, that's the end of our show. 
uh, we can play some music now a little bit of high school musical um, we have all of 40 seconds to get this wrapped up but I think we can just about manage that my name has been Owen I've been Ethan wonderful this has been Film Talk on Phantom your new Monday evening show uh, here on Phantom Radio uh, if you would like to get in contact with us or give us some film recommendations or stuff like that you can find me on Instagram at Owen Dubs and you can find Ethan at Eth Hobbit uh, is that how you're pronouncing it? Yeah, E-T-H Hobbit yes um, and now that is 7 seconds thank you for listening we will see you next week here is Driving Just to Drive by Matt Maltese you're listening to your student radio station. Get, get, get involved at phantom-media.co.uk.